He knows my name. (laughs) Uh, Isn't God good? It was so good to hear the stories of what God's doing in Thailand. Just really blessed to hear that. And um, I was just thinking when when you go out to pioneer a work, there's a lot of groundbreaking, isn't there? There's a lot of seed sowing before you see the harvest. And that's what you're doing now, isn't it? Yes, you're breaking the ground and you're sowing the seed. And it takes time. And even someone else might see the harvest more than what you do. But that's how God's word works. Building the kingdom. One man breaks the ground. One man sows. One man harvests. But it's all God's work. Praise God. And so blessed to hear what you're doing. And I'm, I was really blessed to hear that. Lovely to hear what you're doing with the women, you know. That Flourish course sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Yeah, I always think of the women in, in um, I suppose because I'm a woman, I'm conscious of that, but it's the women and the children always get downtrodden, isn't it, in areas where people don't know God. And uh, I'm so glad to hear that you're doing that. Who knows that change is as good as a holiday? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's something refreshing about change, and because this is the month of refresh, I just that little saying just popped into my mind: change is as good as a holiday. And I thought about how God leads us into change, and He's always doing something new, and He's always wanting us to embrace the new and and I just looked up some scriptures about the new that God has brought his people into. I'm just going to just flip through a few. In Psalm 43 he says, he put a new song in my mouth. In Luke 22 he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. Matthew 16, they will speak in new tongues. John 13, a new commandment I give to you. Acts 5.20 the angel spoke to the disciples who were in jail and he called them out and said, go and stand in the courts and speak the full message of this new life. In 2 Corinthians, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Praise God. Ephesians 4.23, be made new in the attitudes of your minds and put on the new self. That's a great key for us, isn't it? To be made new in the attitudes of our mind. He's renewing us. And we sing today, the mercies are new every day. His mercies are new every day towards us. In Hebrews 10.20, it says, and I love this, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, Open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. For us to know that we can draw near with a full assurance of faith is wonderful. Because many times we can come tentatively to God. Because we, we maybe feel that we're unworthy, that we've done something wrong which may disqualify us. But see, the new covenant says we are qualified. 
We are never disqualified. We are qualified because of what Jesus did at the cross, because of the price that he paid. We are qualified to come into God's presence. It says come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly where we may receive mercy and help in time of need. We don't ever need to be tentative because Jesus has paid that price for us on the cross. In Hebrews 6.1, and this, God sort of has been making me think about this, and it's, and it's really telling us that the, we can move on into something new, something more, something deeper, something greater. And it tells us, therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. And I guess our friends in Thailand, they're laying the foundations of the elementary teachings of Christ. They're laying those foundations to people. Repentance from dead works, faith towards God, baptisms, laying on of hands. What's the next one? Resurrection from the dead, judgment. They're the foundations of our faith. But we don't keep relaying our same foundations when we've already walked into those foundations and laid them in our life. Now we go on into maturity, into knowing him more and more. That's really what it is. It's knowing him more and more. And he reveals himself to us in different ways, in greater ways, reveals new truths to us. And we have to be hungry to be looking to receive some new truth because the effect of that truth is that it sets us free. Jesus came to set the captives free. And we can be bound in in so many things, things of the past and old ways and ways we think and things that have happened to us. But Jesus came to set us free. And the way we can become free is to embrace the truths of his word so that we may know him. Last week, Greg spoke about the unfolding revelation that God had been leading him into about hearing the voice of God. And he said it was like take three because it's been an unfolding revelation. And so it is for us in so many things. There's an unfolding revelation and we think, oh, yeah, I've just learned that. But then down the track, maybe a few years later, there's a deeper understanding of it and a deeper understanding of it. And God always has the new for us. And that's what brings, for me, a great refreshing. I just love it when I can grasp hold of a new truth. And he doesn't just dump it in your lap. He likes us to search it out, I think. I often feel that... um, He's put a carrot in front of my nose on a stick and it's a truth that I'm just grasping a little inkling of it and I'm striving, I'm trying to sort of understand it and it's just there, and it, but it's a journey. It's a journey. And then when you get it, it's really simple. You think, oh, that's really simple. Why didn't I understand that before? But it's because it's unfolding revelation of him that he gives to us. 
So because this was a week, uh, this is a month of refreshing, I was thinking, well, I believe the Lord's led me to speak on this, but one of the greatest refreshings I've had in, in my Christian life is when I came to a r- real understanding, and probably there's more for me to understand, but of the grace of God. Just so amazing, his grace. You know, I'd been a Christian for many years, you know, many, 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 many years. And then I, I went to a conference in Sydney. It was called the Glory and Grace Conference. And a man called Rob Rufus from Hong Kong, he's actually South African, but he'd ministered, he'd had a church in Australia for many years and then God sent him to Hong Kong. He came and he, the whole conference was... Pre- I actually was attracted by the word glory. The conference was called Glory and Grace and, and I was just hungered to know the glory of God. But it was really a, a conference on the grace of God. And honestly, it just ministered to me in such a way that it brought such a refreshing, but I, I heard it and I believed it. But it took me months of meditating and studying and reading books and, and before I actually got the truth in me, because for years the church as a whole, but particularly the church that I was first saved in, was a mixture of law and grace. And in many churches it still is. When that mixture is there, it affects you in the way that you feel you have to earn God's favour. Even though you know you're saved, you understand the cross, you have forgiveness of sins, but you're never confident that you have God's favour all the time. You, there's a striving, and there was in me. You know, I just love the Lord with all my heart and a desire to serve him, and a desire to please him, but which in some way brings a striving. But you see, we already please him because of the blood of Jesus. We have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We have been washed by the blood of Jesus. The price for our sin was paid by Jesus, overpaid really, Nothing we can do can earn anything more. See, when we're thinking of earning his favour, earning his blessing, thinking, oh, I haven't measured up this week, maybe God won't be pleased with me, that's a mixture of law because it's based on our works, on our performance. But the grace message, it's not just a message, (laughs) It is a truth. Jesus is the grace of God. It's nothing about what we do. It's what he has already done. Isn't that refreshing? Wow, that's just so beautiful. Grace is only grace when it's unearned, undeserved and unmerited. And if we're thinking we have to earn it, if we think we are not pleasing to God, if, if, if we're thinking we haven't done enough, if we're thinking maybe God won't bless us because simply who we are, we're not good enough, 
Well, we're thinking under the old covenant. But God has brought a new covenant. And it's not based on what we do and it's hard for us to comprehend. It is hard for us to comprehend that it's nothing about what we do. It's already been done. There's a finished work on the cross. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? What I do or what I don't do doesn't change God's opinion of me because he loves me. I'm declared righteous because of Jesus, what he did. I can't do anything to add to that. Amazing. So it's not about striving or performing to please, but learning. And this is what we have to learn, to rest and receive. To rest, to cease from striving. To rest, to come into his presence and hear his voice. I've learned a saying that it says, we're only called to do what he tells us to do to go where he tells us to do to go and to say what he tells us to say and that's it so that comes out of relationship doesn't it that comes about out of intimacy being able to hear his voice and be confident that if he doesn't tell you to do anything this week it's okay just to rest <laughs> makes it easy doesn't it Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Praise God. Jesus on the cross paid a debt that he did not owe, but he paid it. It's all about what he did. And we get this through an unfolding revelation. We don't get it all at once. It's unfolding. But it's okay to be where you're at (laughs) because God is leading you. God is leading me. And I just think this is so wonderful. In Romans 5.17, it says, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive, who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man? Now, there's three amazing points in that, I just think. The first one is receiving God's grace. And in it, Peter, it talks about um, let grace be multiplied to you and peace be multiplied to you. And I see that as we grow in grace, we grow in peace. But there's more for us to take hold of because it can be multiplied to us. And the more we understand it and and receive it, the more we rest in the finished work of the cross. It says righteousness. It says God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness. The gift of righteousness means... We have the righteousness of Christ. Our position is, in God, we are righteous. We don't earn that. We receive it. We don't fail in it. 
Because even when we fail, we are still righteous. Wow! <laughs> I just think that's amazing. Everything's amazing about grace, isn't it? <laughs> even when I fail, I am still righteous. I don't have to come hesitantly to the throne of grace, even when I've failed, because I, st- I come as righteous. I am righteous in the righteousness of Christ. And so it takes a renewing of our mind to see ourselves in that way because we've probably had words spoken over us. We've probably been told all the things that are wrong with us. We've probably condemned ourselves. But Jesus says we are righteous and righteous we are. And if we don't believe that, we don't believe the finished work of the cross. It takes a lot to take hold of that because we're so used to condemning ourselves. We're so used to feeling unworthy. We're so used to feeling failure. We're so used to feeling I have to strive to please this person or strive to be accepted in that group or strive to have them speak well of me. But it doesn't matter because, I mean, you can strive all you like and they still will just ne- not necessarily speak well of you or please, you'd be pleased by you. But you're already pleasing to God and we can rest in that. I am righteous. I am righteous. And because of that gift of righteousness, we are called to reign in life. What does that mean? We're called to reign over the circumstances or reign in the midst of the circumstances until we get over the circumstances in life. Reign, rule. That means the circumstances aren't ruling us. Even though the circumstances can be causing us trouble and grief and pain, we're not going to fall apart. We're not going to give up. We're not going to say, oh, God's forsaken me because we know he will never forsake us because Jesus paid the price for us. What a great price. What a terrible price, really, but it's been paid. And we are so that we who are righteous can reign in life, rule over. What do we rule over? Well, we reign over sin. It doesn't have power over us. It doesn't have dominion over us now. It can trip us up occasionally, but we can just get right back up again. We reign over the powers of darkness. Jesus said, I've given you authority all of... of, I have given you authority over all of the enemy's powers. We can reign over the powers of... We don't have to fear. Some people fear the devil. They absolutely fear the devil. Well, we, we have authority over the devil and over his powers and over the things that he brings along to trouble us and he does and we do get trouble but we can rise up and reign over that because we are righteous in God and we have been given authority to reign we can reign over depression when you start to feel a little bit depressed I didn't experience Christmas time because none of our family live in Wangaratta anymore and it's always a bit sad, isn't it, when you haven't got any of your family close to you. We went, we went 
had Christmas in Melbourne with our family, which was lovely. And I came home and I felt a bit flat, you know. I think, oh, it'd be really nice if some of them live close or we live close or anything. And I had to talk to myself and I thought, just stop that, Lorraine. You know, you can't change circumstances and you're, and you're very close to your family, you know. And so what did, what did I do? Pat and I got out the DVD of the Western Bulldogs winning the grand final and we put that on and that cheered us up. <laughs> See, there's things we can do which are not necessarily spiritual just because it was my emotions, you see, that were feeling a bit flat. So we just gave the emotions a bit of a charge and we watched it about three times. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Very encouraging. So <laughs> there are things we can do to help ourselves. <laughs> we are called to reign in life. Depression went, you know, the, that flatness that I was feeling just went. It was not going to rule over me. We can reign over poverty and reign over every curse. God has given us principles. We don't have to be afraid of the curses. We can reign over sickness and disease. You reign over the devil and his devices. You need to know that. Because of your position in Christ Jesus, and we are positioned because of the grace of God, the goodness of God, undeserved. You didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything to get it other than believe in the cross. Fantastic. Gosh, and yet so simple. It's so hard to get it into our thick skulls sometimes because we revert back to trying to, stri to strive to please. But we already please. I just think that's lovely. lovely. Grace, undeserved, unearned, unmerited. It's ours because of the finished work of the, of the cross. So we have confidence to go before God. We need to know that God's righteous anger was appeased at the cross. His anger against sin was satisfied on the cross. He hates sin. And when Jesus bore the burden of sin for the whole world, God had to turn his face away. But that was satisfied at the cross. And that means... God is, will not be angry with us anymore. Sometimes we think God might be not pleased with me or be angry with me, but it was satisfied at, on the cross. That was the greatness of that sacrifice of Jesus, that we don't have to fear that God will deal with us in the way of the Old Testament dealings anymore because this is now a new covenant the covenant of grace. And he looks at us and he sees us washed in the blood of Jesus. We're washed in the blood of Jesus. We're made clean through the blood of Jesus. We are declared righteous by the blood of Jesus. In Psalm 103 verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all my innermost beings, Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And I'm going to read the benefits from the Amplified. I wrote them out in the Amplified. It says, Who forgives every one of all your iniquities, who heals each of all your diseases. See, that's a promise in the cross. 
that by his stripes we are healed. Now, some people get a miracle and other times it's from patience and perseverance and holding on to the truth of that word we press in to claim that promise. And when you're not well, it's hard, so you need people to stand with you. But that is a promise of God and we believe it or we don't believe it. That is a promise. By his stripes we were healed. So he heals all of your diseases. So we're not to lose confidence when we don't see the results straight away because only a few people get it straight away. But patience and perseverance. It says, who redeems your life from the pit and corruption, who beautifies, this is lovely, who beautifies, dignifies and crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. You're crowned. You're crowned to rule and reign with his loving kindness and tender mercies. And there's other scriptures when it speaks of the mercies of God, it, it links it with the righteousness. So when I read mercy, it always reminds me, but because of his mercy, I am declared righteous. I link mercy and righteousness together. Who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age. Isn't that good? Because we all have different needs and different desires at different ages. He satisfies your mouth, and that's what it means, your necessity and desire at your personal age with good so that your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming and soaring. Soaring close to God. See, the eagles soar up into breathtaking heights towards the sun. And that's what we are called to be, free to be who we are and soar to breathtaking heights in God. Not be shackled with things that we can shake off because Jesus has set us free. I have got a CD which I love, which some people probably don't like as much as me. It's really funny and it's very non-religious, but it's all on the grace of God. It's a man called Godfrey Bertle from England and it sounds like some of, they're all in a pub just having a great time, you know. It's that sort of, they change the style of the music and they have a trombone and, and it's, I just love it. And there's a song on it, but every song is about a revelation of the grace of God. And there's a song on it called Jesus Faithful and True. And in that song, it starts off singing how wonderful, awesome, majestic worker of miracles Jesus is. And then it goes on to another part where we are called to soar to breathtaking heights soar to breathtaking heights and it just the way the music turns you feel like just running around you know how kids run around they're soaring well actually we have ladies meetings sometimes and and I've played this CD in our ladies meetings and the ladies you know we do that we run around my lounge room and do funny things because you just that music just makes you wonder so you couldn't sit down and listen to you have to get up and you're soaring to breathtaking heights and it goes on like that, just playing music and you just see yourself soaring and the breathtaking heights is into God. 
It's into God. And then the music changed and it starts a chant, a declaration. And it says, no more eagles in the chicken coop. No more eagles in the chicken coop. No more eagles in the chicken coop. I told you it's a funny CD. But think about what that means. You're an eagle. You're called to soar to breathtaking heights in God. But you can be cooped up in a chicken coop. You're still the eagle, but you're bound. What are you bound by? You're bound by guilt, condemnation, shame. You're bound by believing awful words that have been spoken over you. You can be bound by fear. All of those things. You can be bound by low self-esteem. You can be bound by feeling that there's no hope for you to go to have a successful life. All those things are lies because they've been broken off you at the cross. So if you have those thoughts in your mind, and I think we all do at times have some of those thoughts in our mind, because we're under attack. See, we're in a warfare and we have a devil who wants to rob, steal and destroy, to rob us of the truth, to rob us of our faith in God. And our faith is always under attack. So we have these things that come against us and to speak into our mind. And I want you to get the picture, because I love this picture, of majestic eagle bound in a chicken coop. And you have to make up your mind and say, I am not going to be bound up in a chicken coop. I am going to soar to breathtaking heights. And in our ladies' meeting, when I put this CD on, we take up that chant. And we say, no more eagles in the chicken coop. No more eagles in the chicken coop. And the more you say it, the more the reality of the truth just seems to enter into your soul and your spirit and you shake off those things. You realise the things that have been coming into your mind that you've been believing that are robbing you. And I want to leave you with that picture of you are a majestic eagle brought, to, brought with a price to soar to breathtaking heights and you are not going to be cooped up in a chicken coop. That's not for you, is it? It's not for me. I'm ready to fight my way out of that if ever I get into it. Even if I just have to put on the CD, the DVD of the Western Bulldogs winning the grand final. It works, you know. There's things we can do. We don't have to yield to those things. See, we can give in. When sickness comes, we can give in. No more eagles in the chicken coop. I'll just I'll finish. That's the hint. Just going to finish John 17. <laughs> we have healing, forgiveness, acceptance and love. And John 17, when Jesus was speaking... He said he was praying, he was praying to his father and, he, and he'd been speaking to his disciples and he said, in the world you will have tribulation but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. 
And then he was praying and he's praying and he said to his father, I've given them the eternal life that you have given me. And this is eternal life. It means to know, to perceive, recognise, become acquainted with and understand you, the only true and real God. And likewise to know him, Jesus, as the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, whom you have sent. As we know him, as we understand the finished work of the cross, we can soar like eagles knowing that the grace of God is towards us, that God is for us, he's not against us. Amen.